Okay. Uh, I want us to start here at, uh, <clears throat> at Psalm 4. And uh, let me open this up just a second. Oh, well, I had it, didn't I? Okay, we're at the book of Psalms. Now, what's interesting is, it is. It's just like our little hymn book. It's got, little, it's got songs in there. But there's no music. There's only the words. And remember, uh, you know, when you start reading your Bible and, shall we say, believing your Bible, the word Genesis means beginnings. And uh, it's emphatic. God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, he, there's, I mean, it's just like if you pull that out from underneath it, you've really pulled a lot of stuff out. You can just go ahead and just write off Jesus. You can write off everything else, you know. But see... Sometimes in our society, it's just so, well, it's just metaphorical. They don't really mean God created it. I mean, what? You know, it's, it's, central. it's central that we know that God created because you can't read all these other things down through here and read references from the, the prophets and stuff saying that God created, God created. Even the Lord speaking in the Bible says, I created. So we're going, well, you lied. You didn't create this thing. It took millions and billions of years. No, it didn't need it. Anyway, exodus, of course, means they left something. It's exit. Exit, they got out from under Pharaoh. So, so there's a lot of historic things. There's a flood took place here in Genesis. Anyway, so you could actually say, well, we came from Adam. You actually say, well, we came from Noah. Because <laughs> everybody was wiped out except for Noah and his eight. But anyway, you come on down here and you got uh, this little section, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And, uh, you know, some folks worry about, what's oh, the law? Man, our Congress passed this year over 1,500 laws. That's more, listen to me, that's more than the Mosaic Law. But see, some people won't read the Bible because, why, did you know that so-and-so can't do so-and-so because, and they miss it. Well, did you know you can't do such and such in America because we let Congress pass some stuff? So don't throw away your Bible just because you're worried about it. Come on in. Because you're worried about, well, I don't understand that. There, if you actually, if you read this, it is not very long, you'll understand it. It's perfect. Marna, come on in. We're just getting rolling. Oh, this is a recap before we get going. Okay, then you've got Joshua and Judges and Ruth and First and Second Samuels, and all of that is historic data. Nobody can come up yet and say, you know what, that's not true. And you know what, the Bible opened itself up for plenty of criticism by saying, in the year of King Uzziah, whatever, and then, and then putting dates and places and stuff like that. But anyway, the dates and places are correct. Anyway, so we get over here to the book of Psalms. Now, the book of Psalms, many of them are written by King David. Oh, I like to say King David because that was his job. He was King David, okay? He was just not somebody up there playing a harp, you know, not paying attention. Let me tell you, he was one of the mightiest warriors that's ever been recorded in history. He is so good that finally, in his old age, he went to battle. And you can read this either in, uh, I think it's, uh, it's, well, it is, it's 2 Samuel, it's right at the end of David's life. He went to battle with his men, and his men were so disturbed because he almost David almost got killed. <laughs> and they said, "Sir, look, you got to quit this." You know? But David knew how to fight, and that's who wrote these psalms. And he says, "You've trained my hands for war." David would say, "He said, I, by your strength, I can bend a bow of bronze." He wrote that down, wanted everybody to sing it, and he wasn't saying, "Well, oh, that's you, David." No, when you read it, it's you. You can bend a bow of bronze. Wow. Okay, so here we are. This is one of his, and it's Psalm 4. This particular Bible says chapter 4, but anyway, look at this. Oh God, you have declared me perfect in your eyes. Oh no, well I'm not. Well, he said God declared us perfect. Now remember, we're all, we're, we've, we've all got spots all over us, but the blood of Jesus is what fixes us. And that's what David was saying. 
You have always cared for me. Notice this. In my distress. Sometimes we think, where is God when you need him? You can't count on him. No, you need to work on that part. Whenever you're in trouble, be calling on the Lord. Don't think for a second he put you in this trouble. Even if you thought he put you in this trouble, do what he says to do when you get in trouble. Ask him to get you out. <laughs> so see, it's just, but it's silly to sit there and think, well, I guess this is some sort of God's will. No, David didn't think so. And notice what he says. In my distress, now hear me as I call again. Now this is so important. A lot of times, we, we just, it's so easy. We just can get just so oppressed by our difficulties, we won't call. I like using this, you know, because I did. I laid my keys right here, but I can't leave this building without my keys. But suppose I was somewhere else, and now I'm missing my keys. <laughs> what did I do with them? Well, I stuck them inside the pulpit here. But sometimes, as you know, you can misplace something. Like Joy was talking about, she misplaced her purse or whatever. But she said in her praise report just a moment ago that she said, In Jesus' name, my purse is at home. And there it was. Praise the Lord. But anyway. <clears throat> so, notice this what he says. Have mercy on me. Hear my prayer. The Lord asked, Sons of men, will you forever turn my glory into shame by worshiping these silly idols when every claim that is made for them is false. Now, I'm going to put this in the King James, and you're going to see what a total difference this is in words from the 15th century. you got to understand that. It's not that the Bible is an error. No, we do not know how these people talked back in the 15th century. Look at this. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. In other words, you've declared me perfect in your eyes. Thou hast enlarged me. What did you do, blow you up? Are you a balloon? No. He helped you. You cared for me when I was in, my, in distress. Have mercy upon me. 15th century, so far, so good. Hear my prayer. So far, so good. 500 years ago. Uh-oh, look at this. O sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? Well, wait a minute. I just leased a car the other day. Well, see, the word lease doesn't mean the same thing. What was he referencing here? He was referencing worshiping idols. And notice the King James says, you love vanity and seek after leasing. Well, remember that meant, that meant, excuse me, let me get over to it. it went, that meant, uh, let's see, yeah, here we go. Uh, sons of men, will you forever turn my glory into shame by worshiping these silly idols? In other words, instead of, see, remember one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other, what, images before me? People were carving out a bird or a duck, and they would say, oh, I worship you, you duck. Problem was, a lot of times it was a stupid cow. Can you imagine that? I mean, I've been a farmer before. We had like 30 cows before, but I never once thought that cow was my God. But some people think that. Even today, in other nations. Nations, matter of fact, where they're starving because they think the cow is deity, and they won't eat the cow. Well, the cow's God. Well, they're reaping what they sowed. They should eat the cow. God made it to be eaten. Praise the Lord. Anyway, notice this. By worshiping these silly idols, when every claim that's made for them is false. He said, mark this well. The Lord has set apart for himself. Let me close this. Oh, he set apart for himself the redeemed. Now notice, therefore he will listen to me when I call to him. Now quit thinking we're reading this. This is David. This is you. You were supposed to be singing this and so you're going, la da 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 da. The Lord has set apart the redeemed for himself. Therefore he will listen to me. Oh, he'll listen to me. Me, Richard. Oh, that's what the song says. Yes, he will listen to you. Now watch how he closes this out. And he says, uh, he will listen to me and answer when I call to him. 
See, do you see the part of faith that's our responsibility? See, a lot of times we can go around and say, well, he's not going to answer my I mean, he's not going to. Quit saying that. That's the wonderful thing about our Bible. It's whosoever. There's individuals in here. Your name is in here. Remember the Lamb's Book of Life? You're not a number. Mm, your name. Your name is written right there. <clears throat> all the jokes about St. Peter at the pearly gate. We, all, we believe that part. What's your name? Well, they're looking up your name, you know. We know that it's personal. So anyway, he said, stand in all. Uh, do not sin against him. Lie quietly upon your bed. Notice he didn't choke and go, oh my gosh, you've sinned. Oh, 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 oh. He just says don't. And we're all doing the best we can. Praise the Lord. God knows that. Notice this. Put your trust in him and offer him pleasing sacrifices. Look at this. Many say that God will never help us. Unfortunately, this could be some of our closest Christian friends. Now, it's okay. Just understand. But don't listen to me. Don't listen to anybody else that tells you God won't help you. Don't listen to anybody that says something like that. That's false. God will help you. Notice what he says. Many say that God will never help us. Look at this. Prove them wrong. Oh, Lord, by letting the light of your face shine down upon us. Now, notice this. This is part of your prayer. Lord, prove them wrong. Prove them wrong. Now, look at verse 7. Yes, the gladness you have given me is far far greater than the joys at harvest time as that they gaze at their bountiful crops. Let's just say payday. Payday Friday. We got some songs about Payday Friday. Hey, that was Payday, whatever. And it's an exciting time. Why? You got paid. You're not in the hole right now, okay? You can relate to that. Well, it says here that God gives you gladness here, you know, greater than it is at a pay, payday or whatever. Now, notice the last part right here. I will lie down in peace and sleep, for though I am alone, O Lord, you will keep me safe. Now, he's writing from firsthand experience. He was the top of the list for assassination. He was king of Israel. Man, they were toppling over kings left and right in all the other nations. And all you got to do is knock off the king. And David knew that. And you can't just trust your fellow person right next to you. So he would worry about these things. But you know what? He said, you know what? I'm going to lie down and peace and sleep. For though I am alone, O Lord, you will keep me safe. End of that psalm. That's the end of that one. That's enough to do you right there. Now, let's skip over to some things Jesus said just a moment. <clears throat> uh, I want to go to uh, the book of Matthew here. And in Matthew, we're going to start in verse chapter 10 here. Matthew chapter 10. Close this down. Jesus called his 12 disciples and he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits. Notice this. And to heal every kind of sickness and disease. Now, that'll wake you up a little bit like, whoa. He got his 12 disciples to do this. Well, later on, he actually, in Mark 16, the same ability has been given over to all of us. Now, I know sometimes we roll our eyes and think, that can't be so. But you have to come back to the Bible and believe it. Anyway, let's see what he says to these guys. He just named them right there. In other words, he just, man, we've, we've just indicted ourselves right here. Don't name things that are false. Man, we got people in Sunday school now. I'm, I'm working on it. I can name, I can get about 10 of them. I did it yesterday and I may miss it. I may miss a few. I won't do it. But the disciples, you can normally name some of them. I mean, hint, Peter, you get that one, you know. You probably would get Matthew. You probably would get John and some others. But you don't have names for people that are false. But anyway, these, these, that's why I'm telling you there's so many things in the scriptures that show us that this is so. Now, anyway, Jesus sent them out with these instructions. Now, don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them, look at this, that the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, 
A lot of times we think, well, the kingdom of heaven, or just say kingdom, uh, it's, well, it's coming. I mean, one day we get to heaven. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Look at this. Look at the note. There's a note right there. Let's see what it says. At hand or has arrived. <gasps> whoa. It's here? Well, can you not figure that out? He said, hey, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure the lepers, cast out demons. Look at this. Freely as you have received. No, he says, give as freely as you have received. Something's happening here. Well, that's because we got this kingdom, praise the Lord. There actually is a kingdom here now. The people actually thought Jesus was going to be an earthly king, but he wasn't. He was actually the final king. He's king of kings and lord of lords. But nonetheless, he is a king. He's actually where we're all headed anyway. Now, in Luke 17, somebody asked him, actually the bad guys did. Well, I call it the bad guys because they were trying to topple Jesus. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God begin? I mean, come on, buddy. When's it going to begin? The kingdom of God. He didn't say, well, it's really a state of mind. No, it's not a state of mind. It's a total state of the kingdom of God. And you're in it. It's not entered in with visible signs. You won't be able to say, it's begun here in this place. Or it's there in that part of the country. For the kingdom of God, and this is not a change of heart either. Don't be thinking, what's a change of heart? No, no, no. Because Jesus said, when you get somebody healed, you tell them, the kingdom of God's got here. The kingdom of God is within you. Well, listen, we're citizens. We understand that. If you go to France, I'm still an American citizen, but I'm at, like I'm an ambassador in France, but I still got my rights as far as an American citizen, but I'm just over there in France. You know, <clears throat> I may have to enforce some of my rights if somebody's not <clears throat> appreciating it, but nonetheless, that's what we're doing down here. You say, well, why are we waiting? Remember, the reason we're waiting, the scripture says, some count the, the delay of time as though everything's just cruising along. Like, No, it's to give people time to find out. Remember, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the reason we're waiting on stuff. Jesus is not coming back until we reach everybody. Haven't you got friends that still scoffing at the things of God? They're giving time. And we're still working on them. You come up with things. I want to tell so-and-so this. And I want to tell so-and-so that. Praise the Lord. That's what that's all about. Now, um, let's go back now to, uh, oh, I want to show you this. Well, no, no, no. I want to go back to this. I want to pick up a story here in Daniel. Knowing now that uh, about this kingdom. Now, remember, it seems like for the past year or so, we've been looking at all these kings and whatever. And then finally, remember, we all went under Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, my goodness. All of Israel fell. It's because they were worshiping other gods. Okay. But anyway... The book of Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's actually going to happen in chapter 3 here. But anyway, here's what happened. One night in the second year of his reign, now you remember this story because I believe everybody's been here before when I taught this story. Nebuchadnezzar, now he's king of Babylon. He is a big dude too, buddy. He's really doing great. I mean, he's, he's ruling the whole world. He had a terrifying nightmare and awoke trembling with fear. Now, before we go any further, remember Jesus said, you ain't going to be able to say, there's the kingdom over there, and there it is over there. But he told his disciples, he said, hey, listen, go heal the sick and do all this kind of freely you receive, freely give to them. And you tell them when they get healed, you tell them the kingdom of God showed up. Huh? And remember, he said, the kingdom's within you. So it's wherever you and I are. All right, here we go. He had this terrible dream. What, matter, what makes matters worse? He couldn't remember it when he woke up. Scared him to pieces, and then he forgot it. 
He immediately called his magicians, his incantationists, sorcerers, astrologers, and demanded that they tell him what his dream had been. Of course, back then, there was no thing as a kingdom. I mean, this was a bunch of hokey people. They didn't No, this was a full-blown kingdom. It had completely annihilated the world. Everybody was paying taxes to Nebuchadnezzar. And he had a full staff of astrologers and sorcerers and all this bunch. He said, I've had a terrible nightmare. He said, as they stood before him, I can't remember what it was. Tell me, for I fear. (laughs) He says, I fear that some, let me scroll up. Some tragedy awaits me. This is Daniel chapter 2, verse 4. Then the astrologer speaking in Aramaic. Well, of course, that's a note too. Remember, the Bible's false. None of this is, are you kidding? Aramaic is part of the region right there. These are little signs that show us, you know what? They didn't lie to us. Mm-mm. They said to the king, sir, tell us the dream and we'll tell you what it means. In other words, I could do that if my life was on the line. Oh, we, we have also, but look at that. The king replied, I'll tell you, I tell you the dream is gone. I can't remember. And if you won't tell me what it is, I'll have you torn limb from limb and your house is made into heaps of rubble. But I will uh, give many wonderful gifts and honors if you tell me what the dream was and what it means. So begin. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, all he's got to do is say so and your head's cut off. So he says, okay, boys, I hired you to be my staff. Tell me what it was. Well, man, they're freaking out. They're going, oh, no. Uh, 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 no, no, nobody's ever done this. And they said, we can tell you what the dream means. We can't tell you, excuse me, how can we tell you what the dream means unless you tell us what it was? The king retorted, I see your trick. You're trying to stall for time until the calamity befalls me that the dream foretells. But if you don't tell me the dream, you can certainly expect, no, he says, you can certainly, no, you certainly can't expect me to believe your interpretation. The astrologers replied to the king. Now, man, they're, they're, they're striving for their life here. There isn't a man alive who can tell others what they have dreamed. And there isn't a king in all the world who would ask such a thing. Boy, now they're treading on. I mean, they might as well go for it. They're going to get killed anyway. They're saying, nobody's ever done this to us. This is an impossible thing the king requires. No one except the gods can tell your dream. And they are not here to help. Notice, not here to help. Well, guess what? Daniel's in this group too, and he didn't even hear the story, and all of a sudden he's jerked away to go get executed. But guess what? Daniel knows God is there to help. What? Help Daniel not get killed. Daniel's on the way to get executed, and he said, whoa, 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 what's up? Well, nobody could interpret the king's dream, you know. And Daniel says, no, whoa, 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 you take me to him. I'll do it. Daniel, you arrogant little thing. Don't you dare put God in a box. Let me tell you, Psalm 4, David put him in a box. He told us to sing about him. It's the world that worships idols and stuff. And today in Christianity in America, we have got God. We, we, we completely don't even believe he created the world. We completely don't think he'll do anything for us. And that's the reason my job here preaching the Bible is so easy. Because I'm like, well, let's just get back to the book. Because we believe he will. So here's what happened. Upon hearing this, the king was furious, sent out orders to execute all the wise men of Babylon. Well, chapter 1 said Daniel was one of the wise men. And Daniel and his companions, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were rounded up with others to be killed. Now listen, here's where you and I slip our shoes on and we're in here. All of a sudden, everything's wonderful. Today is April 26. We're having a great day. Everything's fine. Daniel's having a great day. Probably just had his coffee. Great day. All of a sudden, Arioch, 
We'll just call him, uh, you know, Andy. Andy walks in and says, hey, uh, come on, you're getting executed. What? Yeah, your life's over. Everything was great. Now you're going to die. Oh, no. The chief executioner, executioner came to kill them. Daniel handled the situation with great wisdom by asking, hey, why is the king so angry? What's the matter? Andy will say, it's Arioch. Andy told him all that had happened. So Daniel went in to see the king. Give me a little time, he said, and I'll tell you the dream and what it means. Oh, Daniel, you liar, liar, pants on fire. No, Daniel knew what God would do. And this was not a once in a lifetime incident. Daniel already knew that Israel lost their kingdom because they worshipped idols. They were not looking at God who would help them all the time. See, if your crops are failing, all you got to do is ask for God. He'll help you. So anyway, he went home and told Hananiah, Mishael, Arizah, his companions, they asked, the, uh, they asked the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so that they would not die with others. Now that's arrogant right there. Now this story is really about Nebuchadnezzar and the four kingdoms that are going to follow. Now we've mixed in a little bit of personal stuff. Hello, you are fixed to get killed. Personal stuff is what matters. It's not prophecy about the future. We, we look at the Bible so, so, so distorted. We think it's all about getting Jesus here. Let me tell you, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to get you. If you've got the worst problem or the smallest problem, Jesus wants to help you. So do you see that? So that they wouldn't die. Look at this, verse 19. And, the, and that night in a vision, God told Daniel what the, the king had dreamed. Why? Oh, to save Daniel. No, it wasn't. You done forgot. It was Daniel and his helpers. And actually, Daniel was spreading the wealth out to all the other magicians. Truth is, nobody got killed. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. I would say so. Saying, blessed be the name of God forever, for he alone has wisdom and all power. World events are under his control. He removes kings, sets others on their thrones. He gives wisdom. No, he gives wise men their wisdom and scholars their intelligence. Uh, he reveals profound mysteries beyond man's understanding. He knows all hidden things. Praise the Lord. And darkness is no obstacle for him. All right, here we go. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers, for you have given me wisdom. And look at this. Glowing health. Did you see that? I lost it. Hang on. Uh, look at that. And glowing health. You know, I'm just glad I'm going to heaven, but I, I mean, my leg's going to hurt me till I get there. Stop that, would you? If you'll read your Bible and find out that Praise the Lord. Matter of fact, Psalm 6 talks about, uh, David says, man, I ain't feeling good. Heal me, God. Take Psalm 6. And actually, Psalm 7 is just like it, or 5. It's 5 and 6. But there's so many other ones. So he goes on and says, and now, even in this vision of the king's dream and the understanding of what it means. Okay. Daniel went in to see Andy. Okay. Arioch. I know. I'm just giving you another word. Who had been ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon and said, don't kill them. Take me to the king. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't take me. I mean, don't, don't kill him. Watch this. So here's what he does. I'll tell him what he wants to know. Andy, hurry Daniel into the king. Okay, Arioch, I know. I found one of these Jewish cap captives who will tell you your dream. Okay. Then the king said to Daniel, is it true? Can you tell me what my dream was and what it means? Now, don't you know, this is, this is, this is, I mean, I mean, we think the president's office is great, whatever, but this is, this is headshed, buddy. I know I've been in offices of some great people before, and I, sometimes my words can, I can just, you know, Richard, tell me this. I want to hear the story. I'm like, you know, David had it. 
Notice what he says. Uh, no wise man, no astrologer, no magician, no wizard can tell the king such things. And this is a famous scripture right here. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Some people say, yeah, God is able. Well, wait a minute. Whoa, hold on. You need to be Daniel. And it's not only able, but he will. He's on your side. Don't just say he's able. Anybody can say that. People that don't believe in Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus is able. But they don't believe you do it for them. <laughs> Let me tell you, he will. There is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and has told you, uh, and he has told you in your dream what will happen in the future. This was your dream. I mean, he just went right for it. He said, I'm telling you. You're, you're, you dreamed of, of coming events. He who reveals secrets was speaking to you. But remember, it's not because I am any wiser than any living person that I know this secret of your dream. For God showed it to me for your benefit, also to keep me alive. Okay. O king, you saw a huge and powerful statue of a man. Now listen, before we get any further, this last part of this dream is about you and I today. Okay. There's going to be four kings. The fourth one's going to be the Roman Empire. This is going to be king of Persia, king of the Medes. Greece, yeah, if you know your history, you know, and then Romans. And then guess what? The final one, and it's going to obliterate everybody. I mean, it's going to be, there, it's going to be an eternal kingdom. And you'll go, oh, that's, that's Jesus. Well, that's what he's going to say. So here's what he says. He says, uh, okay, the head, all right, you saw this, the statue of a man. This is what he saw. You saw this brilliant, frightening, terrible. The head of the statue was made of purest gold. Its chest and arms were of silver. Its belly thighs of brass, its legs of iron, its feet part iron and part clay. But as you watched, a rock! Who do you think that rock is? Okay. A rock was cut from the mountainside by supernatural means. It came hurtling toward the statue and crushed the feet of iron and clay, smashing them into bits. Then the whole statue collapsed into... Okay, notice we're at the bottom of this already. A heap of iron, clay, brass, and pieces were small as chaff, blew up. Anyway, but the rock that knocked the statue down became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. That was my dream. Now for its meeting. Your majesty, you are the king over many kings. For the God of heaven has given you uh, your kingdom, power, strength, and glory. You rule the farthest provinces. Even animals and birds are under your control. Do your history. This was not a lie. This was the Babylonian. Hello, we can't even have a culture today without thinking about, you ever heard of Babylon? Everybody has. I laughed one time. Joy and Dustin and Mel, we always read the Bible before we went to bed. And Joy was reading something. And when she got to the word Babylon, she said baby land. <laughs> you know, I mean, but you get it. You understand. Oh, it's not like, I never heard that word, Babylon. No. Oh, yeah, we have. Matter of fact, the central part of Babylon today was where Saddam Hussein lived. Right there. That was it right there. Which is Baghdad. Hey, hey, okay. After your kingdom has come to an end, another world power will rise to take a place. This empire will be inferior to yours. That was the king, that was the Persians. After that, that kingdom has fallen, yet a third power, represented by the bronze belly. It'll rule the world. Okay, following that, a fourth kingdom. Now notice, I'll take the note here that says, see, apparently the Roman Empire. Will be as strong uh, iron as iron bruising and conquering. The feet and toes you saw, part of the iron and clay, showed later on this kingdom will be divided. Some parts will be strong as iron, la da 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 Okay, mixture of iron. These, anyway, these kingdoms are going to form alliances. I'm just reading this a little bit. Now, notice this. During the reign of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. When you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, historical recorded things about Jesus, he'll say, the kingdom of heaven 
And he'll say, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. And then the Pharisees said, yeah, 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 about this kingdom. When's the kingdom going to show up? Jesus said, hey, you ain't going to be able to see it. Not with your eyes. He said, the kingdom's going to be within you. You know. But notice, this is description of it. There'll be a kingdom that'll never be destroyed. No one will ever conquer it. Now remember, Jesus said, when somebody gets healed, you say, there's the kingdom. There's the kingdom. All right, I got to hurry because I want to show you another scripture about us being in the kingdom now. No one will ever conquer it. It'll shatter all these kingdoms into nothingness. But it'll stand forever indestructible. That is the meaning of the rock cut from the mountains without human hands. The rock that crushed to powder all the iron and the brass and the clay. Uh, Let's see. And silver. Thus the great God has shown you what will happen in the future. And this is the interpretation of the dream as sure and as certain as my description. I mean, uh, Daniel Daniel just said, hey, this is the way it's going to be. You can mark it down. Nebuchadnezzar fell to the ground before Daniel and worshipped him and commanded people to offer sacrifices. You know, I'm not going to do any good, but they were, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar, he recalled it at that moment. He, he said, that was it, that was it, that was it. Okay. And he says, truly, O king, your God is the God of gods, the ruler of kings, the revealer of mysteries. Notice he says, your God. The third chapter, the next one we're not doing is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar had to have another little story about God. Remember that? He said, hey, I want y'all to worship this image. See, he made an image based on his dream. Huge thing. He said, y'all worship it. We're not going to get into that. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood the ground and said, we're not going to worship that thing. And we're not going to burn either. Anyway, but you can figure out what happened. Anyway, the king made Daniel very great. Gave him many valuable gifts. Appointed him to be ruler over the whole province of Babylon. Yeah. What do you call that? Prime minister? He was the prime minister as well as the chief over all his wise men. Then at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as assistants uh, to be in charge of all the affairs of the province of Babylon. Daniel served as chief chief magistrate in the king's court. All right. Jesus already told us we got the kingdom. The kingdom's here. Let's get some verification real quick. Let's go to the book of Colossians. This is a one-time letter to a church. Notice what he says here in chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, Paul wrote this. Look down here. He says, For he has rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. He didn't say he's going to. He did it. We have been, as a matter of fact, the word, uh, let's see, rescued, that's a good, it's, the King James says delivered, but the word actually means to snatch out violently. It's kind of like your hand on the fire, a hand on the stove. That's how quickly he got. He's not hurting for words here. He's telling you what happened. We are no longer in that kingdom of darkness. We are now in this kingdom of light. And let me tell you, all the benefits you see in the Bible that David had, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel just a moment ago, fixed to be executed. He goes, whoa, time out. I'm in another kingdom. Let me go talk to that king. I'll get the answer. Daniel, why do you want that answer? Because I don't want to die today. I mean, I've already seen my nation go to the dogs, but it's the end of that's over with. And Daniel, I mean, you can't imagine, he couldn't have been there more than five or six years, and now he's ruling all Babylon. Praise the Lord. Amazing. Okay, uh, one last place. The book of Hebrews says the same thing. The book of Hebrews, we're going to go straight to chapter 12, and let's close this down. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, skip a little bit right here. I'm in Hebrews 12. 
And notice this, verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Notice he didn't say you will come. No, you are. Right now. That's the reason we are heavenly minded. <laughs> I mean, as far as God's concerned, we're, we're with him in the heavenly places. What is that? It's his kingdom. You have come right up to Mount Zion. Now watch this. The city of the living God. Now remember, this book of Hebrews is written to the church. This is us. We were reading Daniel way back there, but it's still good. This is us. Oh, look at this. And to the gathering of countless happy angels. When you get in your car a few minutes from now, there ain't a bunch of crying angels in your car. They're happy. And they're looking at you funny if you're not happy. They're like, I can't understand Richard. He's in this kingdom. Jesus spent 30 minutes telling him that he's in this new kingdom, and he's still depressed. We got work to do. And that's what Jesus is doing now. He's working on you. <laughs> he's trying to get you to realize that, hey, you got everything you need. Countless angels and to the church, that's us, composed of all those registered in heaven. That's the reason your name is written down. And to the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the redeemed in heaven, already made perfect. Well, that meant they were sorry at one point, but they're made perfect now. Let's see what else is left right there. And to Jesus, praise the Lord. There he is right there knocking on your heart's door. That's not written to the church, I mean to the world. That's written to seven churches in the book of Revelation. Who has brought us, look at this, wonderful new agreement. What's that? That's a contract. When I got to work, I did finally look over there and go, what's my health benefits here? <laughs> you know, what kind of retirement plan do they have? You have an agreement, praise the Lord. And, and guess what? Part of that agreement is if they come to say, if Arioch, Andy comes to get you and say, hey, Richard, you're going to get executed today. Whoa, wow. You're not getting executed. You can play. The Lord will get you out of trouble. Wonderful new agreement. And to the sprinkling of blood, yeah, which gracely forgives instead of crying out for, for vengeance as the blood of Abel did. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to stop there. Anyway, praise the Lord. We're, so, we're just so blessed. I mean, i tell you what. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that by your stripes we're healed. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. Same thing's true financially. If we're hurting financially, it doesn't matter how far in debt we may be, whatever, you will get us out. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, if it's not finances and it's not, uh, we're not feeling bad in our body, but we just got some other problem. Ugh. Lord, we know you'll get us out of that. It doesn't make any difference. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell people like Nebuchadnezzar, like Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar, how great our God is. There is a God in heaven. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory.